Hey, I'm Will Malone, and this is Will of the Future, a podcast where I look to what's next in the world of photography and creativity. Recently on Colin and Samir's podcast, they talked about how YouTube in 2017 was better than now. YouTube has matured. It's a major business now. It's a search engine. So when things get big, they tend to lose their edge. That's just kind of the natural state of things. Posts that do really well across social media are posts that tend to talk about how to succeed on that social media platform itself. If I started making content about how to successfully make content, I'm sure it could potentially do pretty well if I built it within the framework of what the algorithm is looking for. Here's what the algorithm and we say algorithm despite there being a lot of different algorithms, here's what the algorithm is looking for. Consistency, for one. Many of these platforms make all their money on ads, so the more people that come back to look at content, the platforms continue to hold valuable ad real estate. We, the people, keep their business afloat. They have data from users' behaviors, so they want those who make content to adhere to the data of their users. And that's why the algorithm changes. We look at these platforms as some sort of capricious god that makes random decisions, but I think they're more beholden to the people that actually visit the platform. It's the same reason you watch Fox News and you see commercials for buying gold or catheters. Fox News' audience is a certain age, so they do everything they can to cater to that particular demographic. But at the same time, creators are a great source of evangelism for these platforms, so they want to make sure to keep them at least minimally happy as well. Apparently, Kim Kardashian came after Instagram when they downgraded photos in the algorithm in service of TikTok-like reels, and those complaints seem to work as photo carousel posts are supposedly more effective now. But that'll probably change eventually too, because by nature, all of this is alive and moving and just based on the circumstances of the moment and the behaviors of those who consume content. In 2016 and 2017, there was some content on how to optimize your content making, but really even YouTube and other platforms seem to still be flying by the seat of their pants too. These mediums all seem somewhat new and magical, and there was still this untapped potential. And now we all look at content creators as brands and industries unto themselves. And back in 2016, many of us were idealists about the future of content creation and how it would replace the establishment. But now in 2023, it is the establishment. But some of us remember and long for the days where it was still the Wild West. And we have so much information now, how to eat, how to be productive, how to stay active, how to protect our mental health, how to succeed in business, how to effectively sell things, how to dress, and so on and so forth. We have all the tools we could possibly ever want, and yet, are we happier? Are we more creative? Have we self-actualized? Or does having a treasure trove of information on how to perform and do everything perfectly just attempted to turn us flawed human beings, as emotional, as unpredictable as we are, into machines? I fall into this trap all the time, and I never seem to learn my lesson. 365 projects, podcast episodes twice a week, posting every day, nothing's wrong with all that, and sometimes I've managed to do it well, but consistency can have costs. Maybe I avoid creative risks because that might take too long to make. Maybe I don't want to miss a day out of some fear of some kind. My goal has always kind of been to optimize creativity so that I can be producing all the time. And there are many benefits to that, and I'm not opposed to consistency, but I've started questioning myself. Is my goal to just put something out so I can check a box, or is my goal to make something good above all else? Sometimes consistency and something good can work hand in hand, but that takes a toll over the long haul. Casey Neistat made a vlog for every day, a good vlog, for 800 something days. He's on record about how that almost destroyed his life and family. And dang, I did 300 vlogs for 300 days and I went almost totally insane and mine were terrible. The algorithm rewards working under those extreme conditions, but maybe I'm not looking to live under extreme conditions anymore. If we don't want to be machines, 
what is left. YouTuber Patrick Tommaso has a philosophy where you just make what you want to make when you want to make it. And I'm increasingly of the mind that that's right. We need to balance overthinking something so much that we don't put anything out with also just not putting stuff out just for the sake of filling the pipes. So what is the end game? A lot of my favorite creators do things the way they do things, meaning they have a style. They've been imprinted on from various life experience successes and failures, and what they make is a reflection of that. I can't make a Mr. Beast video. I don't have the guts to run up to people in the street and ask to tour their apartment, but my life is its own soup that informs what I do, and it can take time to find that. As machines, we have no interests. We aren't able to love. We only serve the users. As humans, though, we have our own interests. Our love of those things is more powerful and an exciting force than just getting promoted in the algorithm. The pressure to produce often degrades what we make. Very few can achieve the level of quality and quantity if any. The Marvel movies have really taken a dive due to this very same thing. They've had to work on so many movies at the same time that Ant-Man and the Wasp compromised on visual effects because Wakanda Forever needed more visual effects artists to get it finished on time. We want to be like machines and yet we just aren't able to maintain a machine-like output of creativity. Think about the burnout often amongst YouTubers. They are big for a while and upload multiple times a week and then they just kind of disappear. The ones who stick around end up having an inconsistent upload schedule. And I've always been a big producer. I've fully completed eight or so 365 projects and can do something with regularity for a long time. But there always comes the moment when I start asking, why am I putting myself through this again? And once I start asking that too much is when I end up taking an overlong break afterward. But since I'm in this for the long haul, I don't want to get so burned out that I need a year off. Photography is Dead, the previous version of this podcast, came out twice a week. I had a great system for making that happen. I'd write an episode every Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday morning, so then I'd build up a bunch of episodes. Some of them made it to recording and some didn't, but after a couple weeks, I'd record six to nine episodes. I'd always stay ahead so that I'd never have to scramble to put an episode together. That worked for 48 episodes. In fact, it worked too well. Producing a show like that made it feel like brushing my teeth, and it was starting to get a little too scientific. I was starting to want to spend more time on each episode to really polish it up, but I didn't really have time. I didn't want to suddenly change the format of the show, so I just turned it into a new show with different expectations. Also, the ethos around Photography is Dead, where I look at the photography world in the present day, has kind of gotten a little stale to me as I was starting to think about what comes next. My philosophy around creating things is changing for me. I've spent so many years creating and posting daily that now I'm hungry to just spend some real time on something. I do some social media management and creative consulting for clients that need content or content ideas. And what I've found is that many business owners I work with don't post anything on social media because they want it to be perfect. And social media really benefits from being more relaxed and not perfect. We gravitate towards more human content as consumers. We don't want it to feel too polished like an ad, but I've always had the opposite problem. I've never been afraid to post no matter how half-baked. It's social media, not an art gallery. Everything we post ends up being kind of disposable, and in a few days, it'll just get buried. And now that I'm able to consistently produce because I've built my life on creativity, I want to turn the tables a bit on myself and spend more time on a project. I've recently decided to make a run at YouTube and video making again, and I went to a few friends who are experienced with it, and a lot of the recommendations were the same. You need to post a couple times a week, and it has to fit in this or that box, and in the past, I would try to adhere to some of the rules of the algorithm, but quality will always end up falling by the wayside. So since making YouTube videos has never been really a successful endeavor for me, I'm going to do things the opposite of how I normally do them. Basically, the future of my content is this. I just want to make content that fits 
together. This podcast has to be a good companion to the videos, and the videos and podcasts can trickle down to all the other social media platforms. Photography is Dead was built as an audio-only project, so it wasn't really possible to translate that format and frequency into video. Next, I really just want to take more time with each upload. I'm only doing one podcast a week now as opposed to two, and in the main videos I'm making for YouTube, I'm working on the first one right now, I want to work really hard on doing one at a time. My normal problem is that I start thinking about multiple episodes or projects at once and work on them simultaneously, never giving enough time to one. So this time, I'm gonna fight this ADD impulse or whatever it is and only work on one video at a time for as long as it takes to be good. Third, I only want to make what I'm excited about. If you're a photography is dead listener, you're familiar with my Kurt Russell theory. It's essentially, we love watching Kurt Russell and everything he's in because he always looks like he's having a blast. And if we aren't having fun, whatever we make isn't going to be good. Sitting around talking about what I'm going to do is kind of lame, but really I just wanted to say that I have a plan. Making a YouTube channel that I'm happy with has always been an aspiration of mine, and I've never quite gotten there because I've never put enough focus on it. I'm working on a series of videos, and I've almost fully written the first one. I'm super excited about this upcoming series. It's daunting. It's not going to be easy, but I'm still excited about it nonetheless. I think you'll at least find the topic of the first one pretty interesting, and with each video there will be a companion podcast episode. At the core of all this, though, there's really love for one thing, and that's photography. That's it. And that's really what I do this for. That's my first love. Everything I talk about and create touches photography in some way. It's something, no matter how much I do it, I never get burned out on. I've had seasons where I slowed down, but in 15 years, I haven't stopped taking photos. And as I spent 48 episodes talking about, photography is in a weird place right now. So I want to explore the future of what that looks like. Where's its value going to be in the future? Obviously, images are more important than ever, but as a result, they've become cheaper, whether one can create an image themselves or just download a free stock image on Pexels or Unsplash. And then, of course, photography is getting easier to produce via AI. You can still mostly tell the difference between an AI photo and a real one, but in months or weeks, it may be impossible at the rate that AI advancement is moving. My theory, though, is that those truly dedicated to the craft of photography will continue to survive as long as we focus on context. AI art may be cool and technically impressive, but it is art without context. As humans, we need context and story in the art we consume. In fact, one could argue that art is simply a vehicle by which we can experience another human's context or life experience. And those who mostly focus on making technically perfect images without a ton of context might be on the chopping block. But I believe if we really focus on expressing everything that has made us, we still have a chance in this uncertain future. Or Skynet goes live and we're all doomed. But if that happens, we don't really have to worry about the future of creativity much anyway. Thanks for listening. If you like what we're doing here, go leave a review on Apple Podcasts. You can follow me on Instagram at Will Malone, Twitter at Will Malone 365, and you can check out my website over at willmalone.com.